Welcome to the Fantasy Affair. What is up? Welcome in my Fantasy Affairians to another episode of the Fantasy Football Affairs Podcast. I'm your host, Burke. You can find me on Twitter at EricBurkeholder6, joined as always by Bradley Stickler at FFBurmdu. Man, how was your weekend? How was your fourth? We are back, dude. How's it going? Dude, it, it was busy, man. We took the family camping. I was disconnected. No phone service, no internet, no television. We were in a camp had a creek running that runs water through the house and whatnot. It's spring fed. It was badass. The kids got to do some, some nature time, right? No electronics, no television, none of their old toys. It was just them out me watching them. It was an absolute blast. We got to do some fireworks, hang out, drink a little bit of bourbon at night when the kids were starting to settle down and get ready to go to bed. It was an absolutely phenomenal weekend followed up by Monday, which I've been waiting for for a few years now to get the opportunity. And I finally did this year, the Scott Fishbowl draft on Monday. It was a little bit of a panic trying to figure out how to do it on my phone in the truck while we're traveling back. Uh, But it was a great time. It was an absolute blast. We're still going through it right now, which I think is going to be the topic of the day. But yeah, I'm I'm ready. And uh, I I miss you, man. I missed you. It's been a while. It's been a while. It has. It has been a minute, man. We were kind of in communication. Don't don't let our wives lie. They'll call us out because we're lying. We still talk, but it's not the same. Getting together on two, twice a week. Yeah, no no place I'd rather be than talking football right here right now. And we are indeed going to talk about the Scott Fishbowl. We just talked about rants right before the show goes. You you want to rant right now? How come the only fucking site that you have to pay for is the one that you can't communicate with your league mates? The ADP is fucked. The interface is awful, and the app is a joke. How come the one that you pay, it's real money, man. It's like 75 a league, a year. And you can't do it. It's a nightmare. You can't do shit. They had people were putting up YouTube tutorials to try and walk me through how to get into my draft room because I was afraid I hadn't logged in yet and I didn't want to get replaced. I finally figured out I'm on the clock by the seventh email because you got to check your email every 10 seconds because it won't text you except for once every 15 picks or some shit. Right. So then you check, I'm on the clock. I open it up. I don't even know how the fuck to get to the board. I'm like, dude, I'm going to clock out. I have no idea how long have I been on the clock. Who's available? Let me check. Oh, who's the first name listed? Who's, who's Amir Abdullah? Yeah. Some random ass rookie. Oh yeah. You know, you should really take first, man. You know, you should really take first (laughs) Michael Carter. Like, why Uh is he at the top? What the hell happened? Is Tom Brady available? How are we all the way to Trevor Lawrence? How many rounds did I miss, dude? I can see you in the car traveling back while you're uh, while Brandy's driving, saying, "What the fuck is going on right now?" Like freaking out, trying to figure it out. Kids in the car, everything. Kids are in the car, so there was no curse words, but there was like a very happy, polite conversation we had where I just was disgruntled as hell. Sweetheart, I don't know what's going on, but this I'm going to throw the phone out the window because I got to talk happy so the kids don't know that dad's fucking, uh, he's on a fucking, I don't know, man. On the yeah, I was tilting up there. I was yeah. tilting up there. Oh, what the shit is going on? Yeah. Uh, we'll save a second rant. For those of you that just stole people uh, based off their ADP, you'll get a rant later on because I've seen some of these rosters posted and I'm like, how the hell do you get two people that were picked in the top three Browns or the top three picks at the 10 spot. How does that happen? What happened there? 
That's for another day. MFL, get your shit together, man. Get your shit together. Dude, I had a family league in MFL for probably 10 years. And I finally was like, I'm not doing this shit anymore. I'm moving it. We got rid of it. It's so much easier in any, really any other platform. The nice thing, and I, I don't remember who I heard say it that I didn't really realize or think about, is there are a lot more scoring settings that you can do with yes. NFL than any other platform. Yeah, so that is that's gotta definitely be a positive yeah. there. But Jesus Christ, is it a is it a real bitch to try to do anything inside of it? Yeah, I've drafted on Yahoo, and I know people like Yahoo because ADP is fucked, and they can just they they can just rob you. Yep. So I'm. Man, we're analysts. I go above and beyond. I have a fucking board. Like, I got every player plotted out on where yeah. I would take them at what range, right? Got my own ADP. So you could throw that out. But I know that's annoying for people that don't. You don't know when the hell to take somebody. You have to scroll forever. You have to scroll forever to find your guy or plug them in. So you have to literally know who you want at each spot. Okay, cool. Okay, cool. I'll do the prep. All right, cool. Right? But holy crap. You can't even show me the board on my phone. <laughs> I have to go each pick. I have to, so from round three, I have to go scroll through and be like, is Nick Chubb been selected yet? And look through three rounds to see whether or not he is. Unless so, you're on a laptop. You just need a desktop. I That's hate all you to need. Then it's fine. I hate to do this, but I'm going to plug. There are, so the Scott Fishbowl 11 app that Josh ADHD does is really nice. Shows you the draft board based on your conference and, and division fantasy pros can do the same thing with draft assistant uh so th there are some ways to work around that fantasy pros has an app the josh adhd app through roto grinder shows up decently well on your phone also so there are avenues there are workarounds but mfl get your shit together i think yeah, is the moral to the story there's great people in the industry there are great people in the community that get you together i have a group chat on twitter Sometimes we do group me. This time we did Twitter. So we can all talk, right? And you got other apps so you can see your own board. I use Sleeper and just plugged them in manually so I can use, I can see everything. I just changed all the settings. <laughs> I just made a fake league in Sleeper and named it Scott Fitball 11. I plugged them all in so I can watch it, so I can look on my phone and enjoy myself. But we have to rise above, right? If it weren't for the other people in the community, we wouldn't even be able to use this thing. You want money every year. You was $75 a year. Holy well, we're going to talk Scott Fishbowl, which is a charity league. All those MFL users, thank you so much for the charity you you put out today. I'm giving negative reviews, man. They'll get their shit together. It's only a matter of time. But um, I do enjoy giving money to charity. What charity did you pick, Brad? I saw it on Twitter. It has something to do with your wife, right? Yeah. So, so I, you know, I have, I've been blessed. Um, and, you know, we haven't had any significant kind of health or, or charity necessities in my family, right? So I've racked my brain really hard because I wanted to make sure I, I got one that mattered, right? That meant something to me or somebody close to me. Um, so my wife was telling, my wife donates. So I don't, I don't know if you know this, but I'll spread the word. So Amazon, you can set it up to where anytime you make a purchase on Amazon, it will round your purchase to the nearest dollar and make that donation to whatever charity. And it's an automatic thing every time. Well, my wife was sharing the one that she uses, which is, uh, it's called Zoe's Light. 
Uh, and the reason she chose that is it's actually a friend of her and her sisters from high school uh, whose daughter passed away at five years old due to a brain tumor. Um, so it's a very unique and specific type of brain tumor. Uh, so again, it's called Zoe's Light. Uh, and that's what I ended up donating to. We have T-shirts and stuff too uh, uh, from them because we've I've done a charity golf tournament with them a couple years back for it and things like that. But uh, so that's uh, you know, like I said, I've I've been lucky enough, but that's the one that's probably hit closest home to me because uh, it's affected my wife in a pretty pretty negative way. Yeah. If you want to hear any more information on that or find a way to give, find Bradley on Twitter at FF and he'll send you in the right direction. Uh, I gave I gave to the kids, man. Norton's children. That's what I gave to. I didn't feel like it was enough, though. So I thought of Scott and I thought of Ryan McDowell and how they buy gifts for, for kids in the area. And Ryan's right here in Louisville. I'm in Louisville. <laughs> we don't, maybe one day we'll run into each other at a Buffalo Wild Wings and I'll be like, you don't know me, but I'm going to freak you out. I, I, I follow you. On Twitter, of course, <laughs> not not in real life, but maybe one day we'll, we'll run into each other, or maybe at the FF Expo on August 14th, 15th, and 16th, where we uh, we're hosting the party. It's really coming together too. Excited for Brian to release all the deets on that. Uh, but yeah, back back to charity, right? So they give out gifts right here in Louisville, and so I was like, how do you help the people around you? Because when you give to a charity, as nice as it is, I'm sure the money goes in the right direction. You don't know. So um, my mother actually actually thought of this, or. or told me about it at least people put together baggies for the homeless and it'll have like a blanket some socks some soap toothbrush toothpaste you know like hand warmers like shit that they need they, they just need and then they just put them in their car and so then when they drive by and somebody's out there you know you, you give them your little couple dollars and you hand them a bag something you actually need so that we can provide for those so i'm going to fill my car with bags this summer and uh just just drive around hand shit out because you want to help. You want to. You want to give. Writing a check, it feels good, but it's just you want to help the people around you. We're only good as those around us. Uh, we know that here at Fantasy Affairs, we we are a family. We got a lot of good stuff dropping too. You can check us out on that website, fffair.com. Garrett Vienna spitting out more keep trade cut articles where he's just telling you the consensus value uh, based on some trades that have gone through in recent recent days and weeks, and it's just a great baseline. We got. Britt Sanders, who is continuing his chaos series, right? And it's just fantastic work. He just covered kickers. Talk about chaos. He's talking about kickers and trying to give them relevance and trying to find a way where you can identify the position that in a lot of leagues is just completely overlooked. Used to be tight end. Now we got some big ones. You know, if you're not Butker, if you're not Kansas City or Baltimore kickers, people don't care. Um, but there's a way, there's an algorithm. You can figure that out. He, and he talks about it in depth in his article. Again, FFFair.com. Check him out. Uh, Andy Andy Jacques. How do you say his name? You said it last time. It was Jakes. Different. Jakes? Andy Jakes. Jakes. We call him Jacques because he's Frenchy. But Andrew, Andy Jakes. Sorry, Andrew. Uh, it, Andy McLovin McLaurin, right? On Twitter? McLovin FF Affair, I think, is his, is his <laughs> Twitter changing handle. It. Just get it together. <laughs> now, I'm going to look it up right now. He did, did he change it? It's at McLovin FF Affair. Yeah. It is. So uh, check him out on Twitter. And of course, you can find all these links on our website. Once again, fffair.com. Be sure to check out that website. Let's get into some football, huh? I think we've ranted enough. Yeah. So, so one thing I will throw out there, there are other ways, right? Like Salvation Army does stuff for kids. Uh, one thing that my wife and kids and I do every, every Christmas is the Salvation Army trees. 
so there's little tickets that the local Salvation Army will put out with, hey, this, you know, it's a six-year-old girl. There are sizes for clothes and shoes and, and, you know, desires for toys and things like that. So you talked about how sometimes that satisfaction you don't get out of writing a check, right? So that bag that you talk about, there's a bag of toys that I take to work every year, several bags, and put underneath a Christmas tree with a tag tied to it so that I know that another five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12 year old person, uh, girl or boy, are getting a Christmas, right? That may otherwise not be getting it, right? So there are other ways, and I know, uh, you know, you talked about Ryan and the Toys for Tots that that, that 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 Scott and him usually do. So there are other ways to to give to kids. Don't wait for something like the Scott Fishbowl to come up to do that. Find ways to to help, uh, you know, to help people out. So absolutely, it's not about the recognition either. We're just telling you because these are ideas. We, let's start a thread on Twitter. Can we do that? And just tell us how you give to your community around you. Uh, give us some ideas so we can follow suit, man, so we can double down because it's people helping people. I think there's a, a few songs written about that with a little acoustic guitar in the background. <laughs> All right. Let's talk Scott Fish, man. Uh, you were drafted out of the eight spot, correct? That is correct. And I was in the nine hole. So we talked to Marcus Mosier. That's at Marcus underscore Mosier of the uh, Lockdown Dynasty Network. Uh, about Scott Fish on the last episode, which felt like an eternity ago. And he, we, we all agreed that we were going to go Darren Waller. That tight end advantage was huge. Now, I've seen some people getting Kyler Murray, Lamar Jackson. Dak Prescott's a fine pick. Uh, Josh Allen fell in a few leagues, right? So were you, what, how, how did your board break down? What were you looking at? Because, uh, and what was your mindset going into that first round pick? Just a recap. Yeah, I mean, my, we talked about it with Marcus, as you said, at eight. Darren Waller was my pick unless a quarterback fell to me, right? A quarterback in that top six, other than Russell Wilson, right? Russell Wilson's ADP is in the back end of that first right now. So if a Josh Allen had fallen to me at eight or a Kyler Murray had fallen to me at eight, like we see some of these people posting on, on Twitter, which is absolutely insane to think that you're getting one of those guys at eight or Lamar Jackson or something like that. I was going Darren Waller, the one of the most and could be the most positional advantage player in the draft this year, right? Travis Kelsey, we expect him to continue to do Travis Kelsey things, but Darren Waller is right there. He was top 12, top 12, top 14 or something like that in total scoring in Scott Fishbowl last year. So that positional advantage is huge. So that, that was the direction I was going. I was going to let my whole goal was to to try to take the value at each pick, not reach for players until I get towards the back end of the draft where now I'm calling my shots, right? I'm calling my, my Paris Campbell's of the world, my, my Hollywood Browns of the world, my Mike Williams, who I actually just took in the, in the, the latest round in the ninth round. So there are, that's when I was going to try to, to start to reach for my guys, but from rounds one through six, I didn't want to do much reaching. I wanted to take the best player available on the board uh, and not say, you know what, I need a running back. So I'm going to reach for a running back here when a guy like Allen Robinson's on the board or something like that. So. No doubt. So you ended up taking Waller then, right? I did. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you already had your plotted out for the come around. It's tough at the eighth yeah. spot because there's so many people in between you. Um, where are you getting your ADP for those that are still drafted? 
Yeah, so for me, I was looking at the the uh, Josh ADHT uh, Scott Fishbowl draft ADP. So whether you want to say luckily or not, my conference has been a was a little bit slower and a little bit behind. So I was able to start to see some of that ADP rolling in a little bit. But to be completely honest, even that's a shot in the dark. You, I, I mean, there are fans, there are analysts in here that are are completely blowing that ADP out of the water. And a perfect example is I was looking at, okay, when, oh, I'm a Cleveland Browns fan. I want Odell. When is a good, when should I be looking at taking Odell as my wide receiver three, ideally, but I'd be willing to take him as my wide receiver two. So I'm looking, I saw a guy take him in the 17th at the 17th pick. It's like, well, this is not, this is not real. <laughs> like this, this is not real at all. Right. So even then you've got people that are pulling, you know, kind of, uh, you know, blind shots out of, you know, shots in the dark. So, so even that is not ideal, but that's, that's the majority of what I've been using uh, for the ADP in, in the league. Cause the scoring settings are so unique that you can't, really base ADP from fantasy pros or, or DLF or, or anything like that. Uh, you know, ESPN for redraft leagues and you can't use any of that right now because the scoring settings are so crazy. Yeah, they are. They're definitely, they're definitely unique. And so you can't just use your normal ADP to go off of it. Yep. Uh, but that's why I found it important to draw up a board, but I'll get into my process next. So in the second round, you got Darren Waller, uh, in the first for that positional advantage at the eighth spot, uh, who who fell back to you in the second and just roll that right into your third, because these picks are pretty much connected. Your first three picks set out your draft. So him taking Darren Waller, he knows he can ignore tight end. He can ignore it late. That allows him to load up on wide receivers or running backs and picks in rounds nine, 10, 11, 12, because you don't have to, you don't have to get a Mike Isicki or an Evan Ingram. You don't even have to worry about it. I mean, if they fall to you at a price, that's fine, but it allows you to get those Curtis Samuels, those, uh, you know, Robbie Anderson's a whole bunch of them instead of taking a bunch of shots on tight end. So he knows he's got extra bullets in the chamber and your second or third pick. I mean, if you don't take a quarterback early, you've made your bed. Right. And I think that's what happened is it happened to you is, is you waited and then you look for some value. Uh, you found it in the fifth and you decided to go in the sixth. Maybe the name isn't what you wanted, but you had that plotted out. You were going to take the middle value at quarterback um, because you took Waller. So who fell to you at the second? Yeah. So I ended up with Nick Chubb at, at the two Oh five, uh, as we said, picking at the eight spot in the first. So I, I was really looking at the potential of possibly taking a quarterback here, right? Do I take a Ryan Tannehill who's still on the board at two Oh five to give me that early, early round quarterback, but I decided the the scarcity at the running back position and the upside that somebody like a Nick Chubb could have, or a, an upside of a Jonathan Taylor, Najee Harris, who was also on the board. Those three guys were really the three that I was looking at when I made the decision. I'm a, I'm I'm holding off on quarterback. I'm gonna wait. And worst case scenario, I take somebody in the third if I need to. Uh, but I I ultimately went with Nick Chubb because I think the volume is there for him. It's an offense that I trust. It's the best run blocking offensive line in the NFL. And that just, and I'm a little bit of a homer in the Cleveland Browns. So, I mean, that, that really probably led to it for the most part, but uh, so, so you, you get through the second, third round reversal. Now you come back and I'm looking at Devonte Adams, who to me is the best wide receiver in the game. He is the wide receiver one to me. 
I don't care about upside of Tyree Kill. I don't care about the year that Stephon Diggs had last year and what he's proven he can do with Josh Allen. Devontae Adams is the fucking man. And he was sitting there staring at me in the 305 as the fourth wide receiver. I did not intend on going wide receiver in the third round. But it was, again, as I stated earlier, I didn't want to reach in the first five or six rounds. So I ended up taking Devontae Adams at the 305, which I'm, I'm okay with, right? I've got a top, you know, a top two tight end. I've got a top two wide receiver, top, arguably the number one. And I've got a, a running back who I think could be a top five running back just based on volume and efficiency alone. Uh, yeah, Nick Chubb over Jonathan Taylor. I bet Aaron Jones is still there. Najee Harris, but not those are your three. So Najee Harris has nobody behind him. Jonathan Taylor still, Naeem Hines still exists, but I think that's a moot point, but it doesn't matter. The Colts are going to play him. And then you got the Kareem Hunt problem for Nick Chubb, whereas Najee Harris is all alone. However, Najee Harris has a brand new offensive line. He's a rookie. So then you're looking between Chubb and JT, right? And Chubb is your guy. I mean, you, you've been pretty open that you think he's the best rushing running back in the league. Uh, and you'll stand by that. And if you look at the numbers, you can you can twist the narrative where he is. And so those that think Derrick Henry in, in the first round is a smash, you should like Nick Chubb at value at the 205. Yes, it is a reach according to ADP and in all of my experience. Uh, but that does not mean it's the wrong pick. And when you're in a giant, a giant tournament like this, you got to kind of go get your guy. Uh, and so Nick Chubb could finish, you know, Number one, he could be number one. He could be Derrick Henry is the ceiling. If he could just, if he had played every game last year, that's what he would have done. Yep. Uh, and Kareem Hunt is a problem in the fourth quarter. It's fine. So Nick Chubb, I like that. Coming back, he just couldn't pass on Devontae Adams. He is the wide receiver one. Aaron Rodgers did not opt out. He will almost assuredly play this year. I talk myself into this because I selected him in the Scott Fish. Um, and I think he comes back and, and I think he's kind of a jackass and he's all Zen about it, whatever. He's going to throw a lot of touchdowns. They're almost all going to go to Devonte Adams. So you got a tight end two or three, but one of those guys is going to two running backs and two wide receivers outscored Darren Waller. It was Delvin cook, Derek Henry. It was Devonte Adams. Um, I think it was Stefan Diggs, right? Should have been. Yeah. So those four outscored Darren Waller who came in at 310 points. So he is wide receiver RB3, and he's safe as hell. So you got you got that, you got a running back you think can be top, and then you got a wide receiver you think you could be top. So uh, we had different strategies here. Coming in, I did a lot of mocks. I'm just going to go through my first three rounds. Uh, if, I, if Darren Waller wasn't on the board, I was going to pivot. The only guy that I wanted instead of Darren Waller in that range, I was going to punt running back for reasons I'll get to in a second. Um, was was russell wilson because i thought he would be there at nine and i had a tough time not picking him in one mock i got darren waller and then russell wilson and almost every other mock i reached quote unquote for tom brady so i go into this thinking i'm going to go darren waller tom brady and then i'm going to take a running back and so when i draw up my board i hedge my bet a little bit i take somebody down the line that i almost assuredly know will be available and then if they happen to go earlier i get quote unquote a steal so i was going in going waller brady gibson as what I'm doing. I'm going Waller, Brady, Gibson. And so the first seven picks come off the board. You, you got the typical quarterbacks. Kyler goes, Dak, Lamar, Allen, Mahomes. So I'm not getting a steal there. Kelsey goes three, McCaffrey goes two. So I'm looking at the eight spot. And I'm like, I hope he takes Delvin or Derrick Henry because I'm not going to do that. I already have a plan, even though that 
you know, in hindsight, maybe it's the route, but I had a plan. So I'm just begging him not to take Darren Waller. And then he takes Justin Herbert. So now I'm looking at Waller or Russell. And so when I plan out the turn, Dalvin Cook's there, Henry's there, Barkley's there, Kamara's there, right? There's only six picks. That's four players. George Kittle, Russell Wilson. That's what I thought the six would be. And so I'm going to take Tom Brady. And it turns out that Russ goes, Kittle goes, Henry goes, Cook goes, but Tannehill and Brady go. So I don't even have Tom Brady, and I'm staring at Barkley and Kamara. So now I'm having a tough time because I don't want to pivot. I want one of these guys. I want in Scott Fish because of the six point passing touchdown and the negative four for a pick and the negative one for an incompletion and negative one for a sack. Those high upside guys in most leagues, those rushing quarterbacks don't have the same upside. They just don't. They just don't. Patrick Mahomes is a freak. Josh Allen, if he throw, if he drops below six, he goes back to his 52% completion percentage will disappoint. Lamar Jackson has a ton of rushing upside. If he can throw those touchdowns, he's going to have a, have a fantastic year. He fits the mold, but incompletions could be a problem. Uh, Dak Prescott, same thing. He's going to chuck the ball 40, 50 times a game. Uh, those incompletions are minus one and their offensive lines kind of sketch. Kyler Murray, I like, right? So I'm going, I'm going to take a tight end. So I take Darren Waller. And it comes around with Brady going off and those two running backs. I decided no Barkley, no Camara, because I'm getting Gibson in the third. So I take Aaron Rodgers, reigning MVP, which might work out. The only reason I can really see him being here, I guess age, is that he might not play. I think otherwise the, the person that took Tom Brady might have taken Aaron Rodgers. So I didn't get Tommy. I got Aaron. It's about the same thing. And when it falls in the third, Gibson is indeed there, right? Gibson is there. So is uh, Najee Harris. And those are the two I'm staring at because I'm going to wait on wide receiver. Diggs is there. Adams is there. Metcalf, Ridley, everybody's there. Pitts is still there. So I'm looking at Harris and Gibson, and it was Gibson all day, every day. And when the pick was coming up, I saw Aaron Jones. He went at the 211. I would have taken him. And I saw your boy Nick Chubb. He went at the 301. I would have taken him. And Eckler and Akers go after that. So I, I'm not as high on Akers. Eckler was interesting, though. So I'm looking at Najee and Gibson, and Gibson has Scott Turner, who I can't get over. There's just no one else in Pittsburgh. There's no one else. It's Najee. He's got pass catching. He can run well. They totally revamped the offensive line, which is a problem. They're all brand new. That offensive line sucked ass, right? If there's an organization I believe can get it together, the Pittsburgh Steelers are one of them. And they made a lot of moves to address the O-line because they knew it was ass. So could it be worse? Could it honestly be worse? I don't think so. I don't think it's possible, but no, it wasn't very good. So I went with the volume of Najee for a floor. So I'm looking at Waller Rogers, Najee Harris. I got presumably a top tight end. Waller's so safe. Aaron Rodgers coming off MVP. I don't see him throwing less than 30, 35 touchdowns. I don't throw him, see him throwing double-digit picks ever, and he doesn't take sacks. So he's steady Eddie as my quarterback, and Najee Harris has a ton of volume. He's a, he's a rookie, but look at where Jonathan Taylor's going now. Let me get that kind of season. Let me get a Jonathan Taylor-like season this year. Look at where Cam Akers is going now. He didn't even have that, that good of a year. I mean, you got to so, think that's the case, right? I mean, they're talking about Benny Snell might not even make the team. How crazy is that? Right. That's guy. That's a fallacy. That's, he can't play special teams though, but they love like, Benny Snell. Yeah. So he doesn't love Benny Snell because they had no other person to love. Yeah, they love James Conner for a little while too. Yeah. So, 
So coming out of the third, I got my running back one. Uh, presumably, I got Aaron Rodgers. I got Darren Waller. Uh, you're sitting on Chubb. You took it. That wide receiver might bite you in the ass, and you also have Darren Waller. So going into the fourth round, you got to be looking at a running back in the fourth and fifth round. I mean, uh, I'm just going to name off the people that generally go in the fourth and the fifth, and then they fall off. Right? You got you got Clyde. You got Mixon. You got Gibson. You got Dobbins, Monty, Swift, Carson, then Miles Sanders and Josh Jacobs. Those names also hit the board somewhere. The fall off after that is Mike Davis. People like Gaskins, Ronald Jones, you know, Javante Williams, Travis Etienne, a couple of rookies, Chase Edmonds. I mean, it's a, you're no longer assured a workload or a safety net. So going into the fourth round, you got to be looking running back, right? Yeah, absolutely. And we say, you know, I got to see Aaron Jones go off the board, Antonio Gibson, CEH, Joe Mixon, and I'm staring at a couple sophomore running backs in DeAndre Swift and J.K. Dobbins. And I'm looking at it saying, okay, what, where do I, who do I like the best? Because I think the outcomes could be very similar for both of these players, right? But for different reasons, DeAndre Swift is going to be fighting with Jamal Williams. He's going to be, but he's tied to an offensive coordinator in Anthony Lynn that we've talked about over and over and over again. I'm not going to spend time doing it again. And then you've got JK Dobbins who is the, the one there, but he's got Lamar Jackson and you still have Gus Edwards who's averaging five yards a carry and is going to see a, a, a hundred plus carries in the year. Right. So, so volume is an issue for both of them just for different reasons. So I ended up going Deandre Swift mainly because I feel like, there is more of an opportunity for him to be catching passes in that offense in an Austin Eckler type situation with Anthony Lynn. If I want to make a comparison, not comparing Austin Eckler to DeAndre Swift, but the pass catching ability, whereas JK Dobbins, he may not see those passes because Lamar Jackson doesn't really dip down. He doesn't dish to the, to the running back on those short yardage issues. He just runs the ball. So, so I ended up going DeAndre Swift and it ended up giving me a really hard situation in the fifth where I still had JK Dobbins available, but DeAndre Swift was my pick in the fourth because I did need that running back. Yeah. You, you shot for the upside there. Yep. Oh yeah, my I, goodness. My draft board just went away. Yeah. My NFL has that a glitch. Was weird. Guys get it together. Think, uh, what dude, is going on? I don't think my fans in me. I don't think it was just MFL. I'm on fantasy pros looking at mine and it blanked, although it gets fed from MFL. So I guess oh, maybe that's yeah, yeah, maybe MFL needs to step it up yeah. anyway. So you, you get uh swift for the upside, man, because it, yep. the workload's there. Jamal Williams is great. Whatever. Uh, Swift's the man. Uh, Gus Edwards is going to get just as much work. So it's interesting. I guess he went with pass catching over yep. rushing opportunity. Yep. Uh, coming back, JK Dobbins somehow fell to you there at that eight spot, which you got to love in the fifth round. I mean, he is like the last of those, breakout candidate running backs but you don't have a quarterback yeah and this was the decision this this is where i started to get a little antsy in the draft so i'm sitting in round five no quarterback i saw Derek carr go with the 502 i started to panic a little bit because i'm saying okay well i'm thinking i could get Carr in at least the sixth if not later so I'm thinking, oh shit, like I need to, I need to jump now. So again, I jump on somebody that I think has some upside, uh, somebody that I don't think has top five potential or anything like that, but somebody that I'm comfortable 
having in my QB1 every week and not giving me negative points. That's where I don't want. And so I ended up going Baker Mayfield at the 505 because I needed to lock down that position. Uh, and, and it worked out pretty good because if I'm looking at my my top five, I'm looking at Darren Waller, Nick Chubb, DeAndre Swift, Devontae Adams, Baker Mayfield. I'm good with that. I think that's a solid starting five to go with. After that, it gets a little hairy, and we'll get into that. But I did make the decision to go with Baker. Again, it's a homer pick. This guy thinks that Baker is like a top eight quarterback, and so he thinks he's a steal there. Uh, shooting he's, for he's, upside. He's nine in Dynasty. He's he's my number nine quarterback in Dynasty, not eight. I'm just throwing that out there. Yeah, but I'm talking this year. <laughs> this is a That's what you think, right? You think that he has that upside. Uh, he's in the second year of Stefanski. He's got plenty of weapons. The rushing game possible. doesn't necessarily hurt him. Because he's so efficient, which also helps you in Scott Fish because he doesn't throw a lot of picks. I mean, he had like 26 touchdowns, six picks, something like that, eight picks, yep. single digits, and has a nice completion percentage, a lot of big plays, a lot of play actions. Got better as the year went on. If he didn't play in a monsoon, what could have been? I mean, he was the second-rate quarterback for the last six or seven weeks of the season last year, according yep. to PFF. So not, not only did he play well for fantasy, he just played well. Baker yeah, and I mean, if you, uh, the, the comparison I like to make, whether you want to make it or not, is Kevin Stefanski comes from Minnesota. It's Kirk Cousins, right? You look at an offense that has Dalvin Cook that loves to run the ball. Nick Chubb loves to run the ball. They look at Minnesota and two wide receivers at that point in time, Adam Thielen, Stephon Diggs, and now you look at Cleveland, Odell Beckham, and Jarvis Landry. And then I can see a world where Baker Mayfield is that number 10 quarterback, just like Kirk Cousins is. So I I think it's a steal in the fifth round. I think it's a solid floor play. It's not a huge upside play. Really? I do. See, I thought you (laughs) – I thought you thought he was an upside play. Why the hell no, do you I, want Derek Carr then? Derek Carr is the ultimate floor play. I just thought, but I think right. that Baker over Carr seems reasonable to me, even though watching how last season went, because you got to expect a step forward, just like Derek Carr had a huge year. He had a best year of his career because it was his second year. Like he's, yep. he's taken a step forward. Not because so, they added weapons. It's because he knows the system. Well, I was pivoting because everyone else is saying you have to have two quarterbacks, two top-tier quarterbacks to to produce in Scott Fishbowl. I don't believe that's the case. I've won Dynasty Leagues and Redraft Leagues, but Superflex, obviously, where I didn't have two top-tier quarterbacks. I don't need that, so I'm going to let everybody else fight over the quarterbacks. And my goal was to go with guys that I, I trust. Baker Mayfield in the fifth. Derek Carr in the seventh, I'm good with that. Ben Roethlisberger in the seventh, who I was seeing go even later than that, which we'll get to here later on, right? Because that's really what kind of threw me off, and I should have seen it with Derek Carr being taken so damn early. Um, I, my strategy was I'm gonna I'm gonna roll with Baker and Derek Carr or Baker and Ben Roethlisberger, and I'm gonna load up on wide receivers and running backs because I, everybody else is doing the opposite, right? So the value is gonna fall to me. So I thought. But it would have. You zigged when they zagged. You were on the right path. You had a plan going in. You got your quarterback that you think is solid enough. You got Chubb, Waller, so a couple of ones. Devontae Adams is the one. J.K. Dobbins, the last running back available through five rounds. 
you didn't stick to the plan in round six though. And you threw it out the <laughs> fucking window as so often happens with drafters, which is why I'm very adamant to have a board and have all the names written in. You keep changing the names, people. I'm not telling you that's exactly what you do. It's, it's fairly close, but you had it. You had it. You zigged when everybody zagged. Everybody had their quarterbacks. You had your one. You could have waited and taken the value. Instead, what the fuck happened in round six? Walk me six, seven, eight, maybe nine, however far you want to go to kind of give a picture of how your team turned out and what your plan is going forward. Then I'm going to go from rounds four on. Yeah. I mean, I'd put my, my first five against anybody's first five. And I'm, I'm confident that I would at least compete with everybody else, if not be better. <laughs> Dude, this is painful. This is some rookie shit that happened. It's, it's straight up some rookie shit that happened. So I picked Baker Mayfield at 505. Then I see Carson Wentz and Trey Lance come off the board. I'm like, okay, I made the right decision. I made the right decision to go quarterback. Well, then I see Justin Fields go off the board. Then I see Ben Roethlisberger go off the board. And I was like, holy shit, the two guys that I was looking at taking in the seventh are now gone. So now I've got to figure out what I'm going to do. So, this is just painting me to even say it out loud right now. I just want you to know that, Eric. I see you well, the name, like the, smirking I, he, and like, uh, this guy's such a dum-dum. No, so like, I'm trying to find a way to spin it positively for you, but you just you made it very difficult. You can't. If yeah, you had you just waited to the seventh, I so his have. process is quarterback, he's taking the top guys. And then when the top guys are run out and he's looking at Dobbins, you know, or Baker, he's going to take his quarterback. So yep. that was his plan. So that, that worked. Right. And then yeah, he's like the in the seventh, I'll take a value play seventh or yep. later. And then when the value play started to go, instead of riding that and doubling down on his advantage and taking the wide receivers and running backs that are suddenly available because people are taking the value a little early and getting his sixth, seventh, and just waiting till the eighth and having a stocked and loaded, you know, starting lineup with Baker at the helm, uh, you can swap out the name quarterback in the fifth at the helm and a quarterback later at the bottom. Maybe you like Jameis, maybe you like Taysom, whatever. If you just, and maybe you like Baker, maybe you like Trey Lance, whatever, swap the name. His thought process was I'm going to go Waller, stud, 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 take a quarterback. Don't be dumb. I'm going to load up on the studs. When the studs are gone, I'll pivot to value. But in the sixth round, as he watched value come down, everything fell for you. Oh, it did. Like you were so on it. We were on vacation. Things are different. You might've been traveling. I was traveling. I had a tough time on some of these. I was, I was. And then, you know, it's not, it's Scott fish. It's our first year. The settings are fucking weird. You're like, do I want Tyler Boyd? You're like, turns out Robbie Anderson fucks Brandon cooks up. You're like, Brandon cooks like wide receiver 16. I want Brandon cooks. You're like, nah, he's wide receiver 30. What the fuck are you talking about? Robbie Anderson was wide receiver 17. A lot of first downs, a lot of smaller plays. Like, what is going on, Scott? So, uh, in the yeah. sixth round, you selected a quarterback. You could swap the name. It was early. Now, you went with Cam Newton. I did. I did. So, so here's here's the names that, you know, I'm looking at. I'm, I'm seeing Cooper Cup on the board. I'm seeing Jim, DJ Moore, Julio Jones, Deontay Johnson, Adam Thielen, a ton of wide receivers that I should have selected. Here's where the ADP game fucks you i go to josh adhd's adp board based on scott fishbowl drafts and i see cam newton being selected before my next pick 
And I'm like, okay, so I got to look. I'm looking at Cam Newton. I'm looking at Ryan Fitzpatrick, Daniel Jones, Zach Wilson, Sam Darnold. Cam Newton is the guy I personally want over any of those guys. I don't want him in the seventh or in the sixth, but I want him over all of those other guys. But I can't take the chance of having to roll out fucking Sam Darnold who averaged five points per game with the Jets last year. Now you expect that to go up a little bit. It has to, because that's, that's, that's basement. It has to. It is pitiful. It is absolutely pitiful. Kickers are getting more than five points a game and same normal can't do that. So, so I'm, I'm, I started to panic and I said, I have to take Cam Newton here. And I drafted with my 608 Cam Newton over guys like Josh Jacobs and the quarterbacks I talked about, the running backs or the wide receivers that I talked about. Yeah, so, so the process there makes a little more sense because you're like, look, I, there's only one quarterback I want. And you yep. listed a slew of wide receivers, but he's at the eight spot. So you've got, what, eight picks between you and the next? Eight picks, yep. And so he took his shot and just wanted to make sure he took his quarterback. And I knew two quarterbacks were coming off the board because – Two guys after me only had one quarterback. So So he was trying to jump ahead and be at the beginning of the tier, the the end of his tier and the beginning before the run. And then in those eight picks, a bunch of people went. So uh, you're in recovery mode here in round seven. Give us the seven, eight, nine picks. (sighs) Now we're not going to talk too much about ADP as the draft goes on um, because there's guys in a very wide variety of, you know, where they fell. Like in, in some leagues, you can get a guy in the 13th and other leagues, he goes in the seventh. He just talked about Odell going overall pick 17 overall. Um, Odell Beckham went in the eighth and it felt about right in mind. So yep. once we get past this, just tell me who you went because you have one running back, right? Two quarterbacks. Yep. Now Devonte Adams and Waller. I've got two running backs, two running backs, and Chubb, and Chubb, and oh, Chubb and Swift. So you got your running backs. You yep. got, Waller, you got Adams, you got Baker, Cam Newton could still work out. You're yep. in recovery mode personally. Yep. But, so how, walk me through pick seven, eight, nine. Let's go yeah, real quick. Yeah. So I looked at, you know, settings, right? We talk about settings all the time. You got to start three wide receivers. You have to, right? And then you have your flexes after that. So I'm thinking, okay, I want to look at the value, not necessarily value plays, but now I'm in the mode of Cam Newton is really fucking me up, right? My head's all jacked up. I need upside plays now. So I went with 705 and Odell Beckham, Cortland Sutton at the 808. And I, I, I will pre, and you'll see an article come out here before too long after our, our beautiful Eric Burkholder uh, edits it for me. I actually need to send it to him first, but uh, he can't edit it if I don't send it to him at, at Mike Williams at the 905, because I actually truly fucking believe that there is a world that this guy is a top 15 wide receiver this year. I actually truly think that that is a possible outcome with, with Justin Herbert at the helm uh, and Joe Lombardi is the offensive coordinator. So I went upside plays, right? You talk Cortland Sutton, he's coming off an ACL injury. That's an upside play, a guy that you've seen a little bit out of you hope. And I, I believe that I know that Teddy Bridgewater is going to be the quarterback and that's going to be good for Cortland Sutton because Teddy Bridgewater supported three 1,000-yard receivers last year. And Cortland Sutton has huge touchdown upside. Odell Beckham was a top three wide receiver. This guy is fucking legit. The hype coming out of him right now from Jarvis Landry, who you expect it to come from in the team, 
is this guy's looking good. He's looking like himself. And you expect the team to take a bump. And then Mike Williams and that upside on a week-to-week basis with his deep touchdown, his large A dot, number one, number two in the league uh, for certain qualified wide receivers above that 80% of the total target frame through the year. So I'm looking at three guys that I think could be three fucking steals in the seventh, eighth, and ninth round. So Mike Williams in the ninth, huh? That's interesting. I did. Yeah. That's interesting. It's a, so, about a round early. You're about, about a round, round early on everybody yep. in my yep. draft. Yep. That's fine. Though. I, that's the point of the tournament. ADP goes out the window. You wouldn't get your guys. Again, Odell, he's a truther. Now he's got the Cleveland offense and Nick Chubb, Baker Mayfield, and presumably oh, the God, number one offense. Uh, but it is a giant stack. And so if yep. they have one of those ridiculous years, he's going to be loving it. It's not gross anymore. It's not gross anymore. It's glorious. Uh, and Odell was a top five wide receiver three years running. He presumably yep. got a quarterback upgrade when he came to Cleveland. The hype was unreal for him and Baker. I mean, it was unreal. Baker was the QB two in dynasty. Odell was a first round um, pick just a year prior to, before going to Cleveland first round pick in startups. Now, then I just listened to a great lockdown dynasty. Fucking love that podcast. And they went back to 2015, 16, 17, 18, whatever. And like back in the day, like two quarterbacks were going, then it was four, and it was eight last year, eight quarterbacks in the top 12. So back in the day, there's a lot of wide receivers going and running backs going that would not go in the top two rounds even today. Um, but he was a first-round pick. So Odell's got that overall wide receiver one upside. Sutton was a breakout candidate. He's a solid two with, with upside. Um, yeah, Mike Williams, who he just said, can be top 15. So he hammers wide receiver. He's, he's alive, man. You're still alive through these rounds. You got your two quarterbacks. You got your tight end, two wide receiver, uh, two running backs. Yeah, Adams and Odell could absolutely light it up. Sutton's right there. Mike Williams is just fine. So all things considered, I think you're, you're fairly happy, no? That's the hope. Yeah. You know, it's like I said, those three picks were upside plays because I really, that six round pick, I started to panic. Uh, it was a rookie move. I, and I really want to know what my draft would have looked like had I made the right pick in the sixth round. Uh, Cause I think it would have been a totally different team. Yeah, I agree. These are turning points. So I'm just going to recap my top three real quick. I went Waller. Brady was not there. I passed on running back to get Aaron Rodgers. Uh, and then between Gibson and Najee, I did indeed lean Najee. Now, when I had it penciled in, I write the whole board down. I literally had Waller, Brady, Gibson written in. Then I wrote uh, running back slash wide receiver for round four. And in round five, I was going to take the other. Uh, so this is who I saw on my personal board. Now, Matt Ryan, Jalen Hurts, Kirk Cousins, Derek Carr went in the third and fourth. I did not see that coming. Right. But I did have... Diggs and Adams and Justin Jefferson and Ridley and Hopkins and Metcalf, Keenan Allen, you know, um, AJ Brown, Allen Robinson, hell, even Mike Thomas, all written in there. So one of them is falling to me. And as far as the running backs, I'm looking at Mixon and Clyde and Dobbins, Monty and Swift, and then maybe Chris Carson, if I have to do that in the fifth. So as it's falling to me after taking Najee back in the fourth round, um, there's a little bit of a wide receiver run. There's a little bit of a wide receiver run, but Clyde Edwards, Hilaire, Dobbins, Monty, Swift, all fall. So there's four running backs and six picks. And when I'm looking at the wide receivers, I'm looking at AJB, Keenan Allen, Allen Robinson, um, and the guys in front of me, you know, looking in hindsight, the guys in front of me had two running backs, two of them had two running backs. So maybe I should have taken a wide receiver knowing that they weren't going to go that route. But 
AJB, Keenan Allen, Allen Robinson all got sniped after I took Clyde in the fourth. So I'm looking at Harris and Clyde, and I'm just going to take Keenan or Allen Robinson, whichever one of them falls, right? And I already have it penciled in in the next round. I'm going to take Cooper. And in the seventh, I'm going to take Deontay Johnson, you know, and, and in the eighth, um, I think I had penciled in uh, 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 whatever quarterback falls, right? Which would probably be gross. Ben Roethlisberger, Ryan Fitzpatrick, whoever, whoever falls in the eighth. But I have it penciled in Amari Cooper, Deontay Johnson after this pick. So because the three wide receivers went ahead of me, I mean, DJ Moore, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Terry McLaurin. Terry McLaurin kind of, kind of piqued my interest. Uh, Robert Woods is still there. Julio is still there. CD lamb is there. Um, I just can't get over passing on these running backs because past Dobbins, Monty and Swift, I think there's a huge fall off. If you love Carson or Miles Sanders or Josh Jacobs, more power to you. Uh, I'm, I think I'm too high on David Montgomery. I didn't want to take him. So I'm looking at Swift and Dobbins. I had the same conversation in my head as Bradley did. Uh, he shot for upside with Swift and I took the better offense with J.K. Dobbins. But either way I go, I think I got to take Swift or Dobbins. I told you Dobbins. Uh, coming back, I thought I was going to take, instead of Amari Cooper, because the names changed, I was looking at Robert Woods, uh, and I thought Cooper would still be there, and Adam Thielen might be there in round seven, which is pushing my quarterback again down to round eight. Uh, I'm just going to triple tap my wide receiver, so I'm going to have Rodgers, Waller, Najee, Clyde, and now Dobbins in that flex. I'm going to get my three wide receivers in a row. That was my plan going in. And I got punched in the mouth because a whole bunch of them went off ahead of me. And the last one, the last two on my list were Amari Cooper and Adam Thielen, uh, because I thought Brandon uh, Cooper cup and Deontay Johnson are tier below. It's close though. So between Cooper and Thielen, I took Amari Cooper with that Dallas offense, always trailing Dak Prescott coming back. Um, I like him more than CD lamb this year. I think they're both going to eat though. I think you're looking at a, a situation where both guys are top 10. And so I'm taking Amari Cooper with all those first downs. Happy with that as my wide receiver one. So three running backs, Aaron Rodgers, Waller, and Amari Cooper. Coming back, I got to plot it out. I'm going to take – I was talking to you. I was talking to Britt. I was talking. There's only six picks. Uh, <laughs> Jamar Chase is there. Kareem Hunt is there. Adam Thielen is there. So I, I – Javante Williams, Travis Etienne, whatever. I took the running backs out because I took those three. I said, I'm going to press my advantage, man. I called it. I said, I'm going to press my advantage because the running backs, I took those three. I made my bed taking Dobbins that I don't have to take one of these guys. So I think, you know, I was thinking Chase, he went, he went two picks after that. And then we were talking, do I take Adam Thielen, Deontay Johnson, or Ben Roethlisberger? Uh, Baker Mayfield and Carson Wentz are still on the board in my particular league for whatever reason. But I think Ben Roethlisberger has a higher upside with the opportunity, but I get it. Baker and Wentz, I get it. So it's, I'm taking one of those three quarterbacks, Thielen or Deontay Johnson. Deontay was penciled into my board. So this, this is the turning point because you need you need another top wide receiver and you also need another quarterback. You just do. I got my tight end. I got my three running backs. I got Cooper. I got Rodgers. So now I'm looking at overall points. Adam Thielen got sniped. So I got to take him off because I had made up in my heart of hearts that Adam Thielen is the broke man's Julio Jones. I would have taken Julio over Cooper. I got to take Thielen right here. Right. Give me one more, Adam. Just give me one more year, man. I don't care how many touchdowns you have. I don't care. 14's too many. He's going to regress, right? Fucking why? He only had like 108 targets last year. Is If Justin <laughs> Jefferson doesn't house everything, get his 1,400 yards on like 80 catches, Adam Thielen has more opportunities. When they get to the red zone, Dalvin Cook's great, 
Irv Smith could be good. Dude, Kirk Cousins just straight up throws it up to Adam Thielen on first down. That he does. So he's got that a he shot does. on it. Every time they get inside the five, Adam Thielen gets first crack. That's why he had 14 touchdowns. He's good. So I had him penciled in, but he got sniped. So I'm looking quarterback, you know, Brandon Ayuk is here. T. Higgins is here. That's interesting. But Deontay Johnson's the guy I got. So do I want Deontay Johnson or a quarterback? And I'm looking Baker, Mayfield, Carson Wentz, or Ben Roethlisberger. Only two teams between me don't have their second quarterback. So those three, one of them will fall. So I'm like, do I want to call my shot on quarterback or take whoever falls? There's always an opportunity that somebody gets crazy and drafts another one, but that's the game I'm playing. Or do I want to take Deontay Johnson? When I'm looking at Higgins, Ayuk, Cup, Odell, uh, Kenny Galladay's there, Juju Smith-Schuster, Sutton, you know, Claypool. I'm like, I think I'm cooler just taking whatever wide receiver falls. I want to call my quarterback. So Wentz or Baker, Baker, limited opportunity. He's got to be highly efficient. He doesn't have the rushing upside. Wentz does. When I look at the weapons that Wentz has, T.Y. Hilton, I actually believe in. Michael Pittman's okay. He's just not – nobody's special. And then I don't know what Paris Campbell is. God, I wish I did. But that offense begins and starts with Jonathan Taylor. So I think Carson Wentz is nice this year. I maybe should have taken him for the upside because he has had that top five year. But Ben Roethlisberger has too. <clears throat> and the old man does not take sacks. Now, he throws picks, but he does not take sacks. And he throws 600 times a year. Maybe that, what does that, drop to 550? That's still like 100 more times than Wentz and Baker will have. So I, to- I chose Big Ben, and I hated myself for it. I think I should have taken Deontay. When it comes back to me, Juju and Sutton are staring at me. I took Juju as the poor man's Deontay Johnson, right? So now I'm sitting on my two quarterbacks being Aaron Rodgers and Ben Roethlisberger. Uh, oldies but goodies. Don't take sacks. I got Harris, Clyde, and J.K. Dobbins, a couple of breakout car- uh, candidates in, in Clyde and J.K. Uh, and then the guy that's just guaranteed to get 250, 300 touches is Najee Harris. Darren Waller sitting at tight end. At wide receiver, I got Amari Cooper as my wide receiver one. I don't know if he is a top 12 guy, but I think 15 is his floor. And so looking at my team makeup, I just had to do it. And I got Juju Smith-Schuster as my wide receiver two. Uh, which is my least favorite pick in the draft. If I just had Giontae Johnson, and maybe it's not Ben, maybe it's Baker or Wentz or whatever, maybe it's Ryan Fitzpatrick and Deontay Johnson, I would much rather have that than Ben Roethlisberger and Judy Smith-Schuster. But I can twist the narrative where I've got a stack. I've got plenty of attempts. Juju is that guy in the slot. He does pick up first downs, uh, and he was top 10 just a couple years ago. So how are you feeling about that before I round this out? I, I love it. I love it. The the one thing, and it's actually a little kind of little bit of a tangent, is the comparison or when you're talking about the quarterbacks, Ben Roethlisberger, Baker Mayfield, Carson Wentz. Yeah. To me, they're very similar. They're going to be teams that want to go through the running backs. Right? Yeah. They're they're yeah. they all three have quite arguably top five, top ten running backs total uh in the in the game so uh, to me it's again who do you think has the offense that's going to score the most points that's that's where you're at right whose defense is going to be the worst is it going to yeah, be yeah well they all have great defense the, too and we know that right well sort of right cleveland's oh. defense was pitiful last year it was not good their passing defense was not good now they they drafted their first two two picks were draft. They got a couple guys back in the secondary. So JV and Clowney. But I I don't know. I like 
I don't think you made the wrong decision by any shape of the imagination going you with gone, Ben. You would have gone Baker two. as you took him in the fifth. I, I would have. You would have gone the, Baker. Right. And then Britt would have gone here, Wentz. So well, here's we the split. thing, though. Well, here's the thing, though, right, is I would have gone Baker in the fifth, but that's only because of ADP. I had Roethlisberger above Baker, but I'd made the pick of Baker in the fifth, assuming that I was going to be able to get Ben Roethlisberger around or two later because of where people are drafting him. So that ADP fucked me again because of that. Right. Uh, like, and I know you've said that you've told me that before, like, wait a minute, you're telling me you would take somebody that you have ranked lower before that doesn't make any sense. And I, it, it, it's an ADP game. I look at it as, okay, yeah, if they're close, yeah, I'm going to take my guy. But if I know the next round that player is going to be there, I'm going to take the guy yeah. that I need to take right now. Yeah, absolutely makes so, sense. And that, and, and the ADP, yeah. we all play it. It's a double-edged yeah. sword right here. If yeah. I don't take big Ben and I take Deontay Johnson, I don't get Juju and I get a quarterback and seeing Wentz and Mayfield go, I probably would have got big Ben. you know, and the difference between Ben Maybe. and Wentz and Mayfield isn't that big. My Maybe. fear was that if, if those three and Fitzpatrick go now it's Zach Wilson, Jared Goff, Daniel Jones, I can't mess with that. Well, I mean, I was, you know, it, it, so you think you were one of those quarterbacks were going to fall, but like I, I yeah, told you pre-show, yeah. there were three teams in my division that drafted three quarterbacks in the first eight rounds. That's insane. So you should have just cleaned up it's and just nuts. left it alone and taken I know. all of that I, value I know. and taken Teddy B and Drew Locke or some garbage I late. I know. Mother but of Pearl, Tyron so Taylor. You just never game. know. That's what I'm saying, though, right? You you, don't. you look at that ADP game saying, well, one of these guys has got to drop. But if they don't, you're fucked, and you're stuck taking Zach Wilson as your fucking QB2. Yeah, and having which, to play him. Ugly. Exactly. Here's the thing, and that Superflex, I, the, okay, Zach Wilson, Daniel Jones. Okay. Fitzpatrick. I no, I like Fitz. I don't know Ugh. if I actually want to start Zach Wilson or Daniel Jones over garbage Hollywood Brown because yeah. he's not getting negative. Yep. You know, like yep. on a season, I get that that quarterback's going to play out, but it's, it's week to week till you get to the playoffs and you want to win the most weeks. Like there's going to be a lot of weeks when I'm benching a quarterback because I'm like, dude, this guy seeing ghost or, or, or he's playing a tough matchup or whatever. I shoot the upside. You can shoot the upside with some flyers too. Um, so that's a good point. Uh, so coming out of the eighth, I got Juju and Cooper, uh, three running backs and Harris Clyde and Dobbins, big Ben, a rod Waller. So I'm looking to round it out. I, I want to push my advantage here. I don't need another quarterback though. Um, there are a few on my list that I think I'm going to be taking in the 13th and 14th round, somewhere around there. So I want to press the advantage and get wide receivers. I reach like a mother for Jarvis Landry, which is a mistake. By definition, it's just that I'm a truther and I believe that he's going to have a fantastic year and be probably wide receiver 15 or 12 as he was two years ago in Scott Fishbowl uh, and get that connection with Baker and get those targets. And hey, maybe that defense isn't good, like Brad just said. Or, you know, they play the Ravens twice a year, they score. They play Pittsburgh twice a year, they score. They play the Bengals, they score. As, as much as we love the defenses in that division, it's been counterbalanced in the last two years as they have tried to load up on offense so that they can compete. It, that's the swings. You look at um, some divisions like the, uh, the Saints and the Falcons and such, right? Well, Tampa Bay, because they couldn't, they couldn't score, 
loaded up on defense and then flipped the script and then added offense late. You watched New Orleans was all points and they couldn't stop anybody. Well, they had to address that. And so because they flipped the script, now they play defense. So, um, and then Atlanta just, just only plays offense. I'm pretty sure they simulate the defensive stance <laughs> and they just see what happens. But um, oh. that that's so, so there is a fluctuation. So I went with Jarvis Landry because I think he's steady Eddie and he's my wide receiver three. Uh, Antonio Brown in the 10th round, uh, which is a bit of a stretch. Uh, but I, again, I'm shooting for the upside with him because I took Juju and Jarvis as steady guys. I want some upside. I went Devontae Parker on the next pick. Again, I have a little too much faith in Devontae Parker, but I think, hey, look, he might be nothing. He might be wide receiver 45, whatever. He is one year removed from 1,200 yards, double digit touchdowns, Brian Fitzpatrick. I think Tua is an upgrade. I know that last year should have been red shirted. It was not. I expect big things from somebody in Miami. Will Fuller suspended a game. Jalen Waddle, who I took Parker above, is a rookie. I'm going to take the X that I know is playing every down. And when it comes back to me in the 12th and 13th, this is where I'm looking for those quarterback threes and those handcuffs. Okay, so Tony Pollard is is a target. Uh, Madison is a target. If I could get both of them, I think I would just go ahead and do that. Once you get past uh, – we were talking about T.Y. Hilton because I was complaining – because I was like, you know what? I think in this next round, I'm going to take Evan Ingram or T.Y. Hilton. And this guy has double tapped me four times this round. We're in the 12th, 12th round. He has the first pick. And his two picks have been two guys on my list constantly. Constantly. I was like, oh, I, I want Fuller or Cooks or Landry. I guess I'll take Landry and whoever falls, 9-10, Fuller Cooks. And I was like, all right, well, I want Parker. And then after that, I'm looking at Ingram or maybe T.Y. Hilton. Nobody wants T.Y. Hilton, so I'll take him after the turn and the 13th and he goes Ingram Hilton. So we were talking to T.Y. Hilton and he was like, why the hell do you want this guy? He plays Houston twice a year. Look, once you get past your starting lineup, 10th, 11th round, I just want guys that I know I would want to start in a situation, right? Upside, right, Brad? Like it, it's not so much somebody that's going to give you value on the year. It's somebody that in week six, given the, the good, he gets the right break. He's an instant starter, right? Yeah, to me, it's uh, you. You use the term handcuff. That's what I'm looking at. I'm. This is a no trade league. This is a waivers only league. To me, I'm smashing the guys that are one fucking play away from being league winners. The Darrell Hendersons of the world, the Kareem Hunts of the world, those guys that just need to uh, Jamal Williams guys that are going to be workhorse backs if the back in front of them goes down that's what i'm smashing in those 13th and later rounds so yes you're you're looking upside you're looking you know hey i think teddy bridgewater is going to be the starter and he's really fucking good so he's a guy that i can plug in on my bye weeks he can give me a couple good weeks against poor defenses shit like that for 100 percent you're accurate yeah, instant starters. This yep. is where I wanted to get um, Trey Sermon. And that That's a fallacy <laughs> now, that. man. No, yeah. it's over. Yeah. That guy is 100% yeah. a starter, right? No. But th- this is that's what you're looking Which at. Michael Carter, I would like to not. get. He's not. <laughs> Michael Carter, Leonard Fournette, yeah. you know, maybe yep. a James Conner. Kenyon Drake just went in the 11th. I think that was a pretty good pickup. Yep. 
Um, yeah, I mean, Kenya, I'm in the, the, you know, my draft's in the 10th. You still have James Conner. You still have Ronald Jones and Leonard Fournette. And, and yeah, you got Kenyan two more rounds of, of people world, that, right? that, so, that you yeah, know yeah. are get, you're going to get production. Melvin Gordon. Yeah, you're, you're going to get production out of those guys. David Johnson. Melvin Gordon so got when you taken past, at the 10-01 in mind. But yeah, sure. yeah those guys you're right. getting for sure. Yeah. So once you get past the 12th round is probably the last pick of somebody that you think you're going to rotate in and out. Yep. And past yep. that, you're shooting for upside. So would you rather have Hollywood or Pollard, Madison? Those, those are the guys I'm going. I know that's um, the at F, FF Sandman. Is that it? FF Sandman. Sandman, something like that. What a Brit, you son of a beautiful son of a bitch. Congratulations on getting engaged, by the way. He's like Gus Edwards all day. That would be his pick here. Gus Edwards is a nice pick. Ah. I don't like it. Also, I have Dobbins, so that's not it for me. I want Tony Pollard, uh, Alexander Madison, Jamal Williams, uh, Salvin Ahmed hits my board, and I brought up Trey Sermon, Elijah Mitchell will get probably selected in round 21 or 22, Javian Hawkins. Those are the guys that I'm going to draft, and the reason I was high on Hilton is because he is either going to be an instant starter or you're not going to want to start him at all. We saw him get hot. He always tears up Houston, but when healthy, he's a beast. Uh, and so you will just know the week you want to play him. Whereas when you're looking at a Hollywood Brown it's, or, or even a Rashad Bateman who has upside, it's just tougher to call the week. I, there's never going to be a week that I feel comfortable plugging him in. I already have a starting lineup, so I am definitely shooting upside. Uh, some of these tight ends ring a bell. Um, so yeah, it's going to, it's going to get funky down here. Wide receiver handcuffs are, are dumb, but Paris Campbell, Brian Edwards, Traquan Smith. Those guys are probably hit my roster too. Well, some of these later tight ends, I think, could be huge, right? Deciding who you like out of Jonu Smith and Hunter Henry, for instance, I'm a Hunter Henry guy. What do you think Gerald Everett's going to do in Seattle? What do you think Irv Smith's going to do who's getting taken in the ninth or later, right? There's some tight ends that you could get some serious value out of if you think that they're going to hit. You have to believe in those guys. And I mean, those guys, if I believe in one of them, I'm taking them over Hollywood Brown. And I love Marquise Brown as a football player. But in this format, right, it's just like you said, it's it, you you don't get the luxury of trying to figure out, okay, well, now he's a third or fourth receiver in a team that's going to throw the ball. So you can't just plug him in on a flex any given week and it's going to work out. Whereas some of these tight ends are, they are the tight end on their team, right? So it's, and there's huge benefits in playing a tight end and a flex over some of these wide receiver fours or fives. Yeah, that's about it. If there wasn't a double score, I wouldn't give a damn. Yeah. Um, Robert Tunyon's available. He's boomer bust. Rob Gronkowski, Cole Komet, Jared Cook. He's on my list. Austin Hooper, also on my list. Those guys I could see having a, a spike in value if somebody gets hurt. But like Cole Komet, He's never going to be, he's, yeah. he's never going to pop, right? Gerald Efford's nah. in, interesting. Anthony Fersker, I guess, is interesting. Brake Jarwin is as well. Eric E. Brown. There are some yep. later guys, uh, but they're not going to get the value spike like a running back or even possibly a wide receiver, mainly a running back or a quarterback, where if the guy in front of them goes down, A.J. Dillon's still on the board. I should probably scoop him because if anything were to happen to Aaron Jones, now there's no way in hell I don't start A.J. Dillon. Whereas if something was to happen to Anthony, um, Allen Robinson, I still don't know if I want to start Cole Komet. You know what I mean? Even if yeah. if yeah. three, uh, two of the wide receivers for the Tampa Bay goes down, I love Rob Gronkowski. I think he's a top 10 guy. I don't know if I want to plug him in. Whereas if Delvin Cook gets hurt, I know I want to roll Alexander Madison out. If 
Swift gets hurt, Jamal Williams goes in. If Jonathan Taylor gets hurt, I'm not necessarily starting Naheem Hines. So you don't just get the backup, you get the handcuff. Right, but what I'm saying is when you get into the realm of talking about these guys like an A.J. Green or Henry Ruggs or Denzel Mims, like those guys, I'm taking Austin Hooper over those guys because Austin Hooper with this bonus, this guy's almost scoring double the amount of points as those guys on a weekly basis in Scott Fishbowl formatting. So to me, you got to pay attention to that because we're in a normal redraft league or whatnot. You may be looking at the Kiki QTs of the world, Gabriel Davis, Zach Pascal, right? Trey Quan for the upside, all these things, the tight ends that you're like, Oh, fuck that guy. That guy needs to be on your team instead of those guys, because he's going to score you more fantasy points. Yeah, one one ugly name for you personally. Yeah. Round twenty two, Jack Doyle. <laughs> yeah, I want yeah, baby right. hands Doyle on my team. <laughs> all right, man, let's get him out of here. Thank you all for listening. Don't forget to listen, review, subscribe, all that good stuff. Check out the website fffair.com. Again, we've got a ton of articles coming by at FF Goldmine. That's Garrett Vienna, uh, Britt Sanders at the FF Sandman. Apparently, Bri- uh, Bradley might or may not write a Mike Williams. Oh, it's article. done. It's He's semi into that. Yeah. Uh, and then Matty Daddy at Matty Daddy 2652 presenting all those live streams for us, connecting with a lot of people in the industry. He's just, he's the shit, man. So check those out. Check out that website. Leave us some, uh, some reviews and then give us some listener questions. Scroll to the bottom of the home screen, uh, plug in your email. We will respond to those as well. I am at Eric Perkholder 6. Brad, where can they find you? I'm at FF Bourbon Dude on Twitter. All right, man. Thanks for listening, guys. Cheers. Later.